right, folks, we are back for another episode of Skirmish Supremacy. Again, I am joined by my co-host, Nick, that I promise I will let him do more talking in the future. However, right now, Nick, shut up and just say hello. Hi. That's better. Today, we're joined again by Marcin from Awaken Realms. We are actually going to be talking about their new Kickstarter for a game that they're working on called This War of Mine. I know it's a little bit close to the end date, but uh, the one thing I'm going to say to kick this off, we were just talking about it before we went live, that holy shit, is this kind of an edgy game. I want to throw that out there. Um, the game is very real and very visceral. And I'm sure that we're going to unpack that a little bit more. But uh, first, I want to say, Marcin, thanks for coming back. How are you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm, everything is cool. I mean, a little bit tired because of the campaign, but, you know, like, it's a lot of excitement and, you know, like, great communities out there to support you. So, you know, like, you can get a, get within, like, four hours sleeps for... 20 days, <laughs> but it's okay. It's, it's it's perfect and great to have to hear uh, you guys again. Great to have you on again. Cool. So I know that you only have a limited amount of time tonight. You've had a a ton of Kickstarter comments come in, and I know how hard that is to, to manage sometimes. So we're just gonna jump right into it. So tell us a little bit about this war of mine, where it came from, and kind of what you guys are doing to make this board game unique. All right. Uh, so basically, the original idea came from the uh, software, from the game developer company called 11-Bit Studios, and they are a development company in Poland. And um, the game was, I think, one of the uh, most popular indie game because it was created by just few very passionate guys. And it actually, you know, like... Um, it was featured in the mainstream medias, and, um, you know, like, the biggest point of the game is the story that it brings. Um, it is the story that, um, in war, we, we're used to, you know, like, see um, everything from the perspective or, of soldiers, military, or, or whatever, the fighting guys, right? Even if there are some computer games that try to make something more out of this topic, like Spec Ops D-Line, where they show you, you know, like how the war makes you uh, a terrible person in a way, like if, if, you, if you get into the aggression and everything. Um, but, you know, like a huge, huge, and actually, you know, like most of the population of any country is just civilians, you know, like people like me and you who just, you know, like go to work every day and have their own, you know, like hobbies and whatever. And, you know, like this game's pictures what happened where you have a country in a military conflict, in a brutal military conflict, with the civilians, how hard this can be, how difficult um, things get when you have a lot of moral choices, very strictly connected with your survival. Because, um, and th th this is basically what we want to picture in the board game. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it, uh, because the message of the original PC game and the board game is very, very similar. We wanted to stick with the original spirit, because it is it is a great message. It, it shows, it, it is a very deep message, and it shows that games, whether it is board games or co even computer games, uh, they can be more than just an entertainment. They can be a medium of a sort, to show some values, to show some important messages, right? And um, we were, uh, Michael Orach and Jacob, uh, who are authors of the games, uh, were 
picked up this title because of this message. Because, uh, for example, Michael Orach is pretty known board game designer. He he done, for example, Neuroshima Hex, um, uh, among some other games. Uh, but I think Neuroshima Hex is his most popular games, and he was he was doing um, board games for 15 years. And when you look at the tabletop um, throughout these years, um, I think that there's kind of a wall that like board games hit when they are just entertainment, and that's it, right? Like you just go out, play, you have scores, and you know, like that's it. You're trying to win. And what Michael believes, and I fully support him in it, that. You know, like board games are also a way to tell a story and an important story that you can also you know like make you engage in some story and understand few people through immersion that you can make a very immersive title that will you know like help you understand or see some problems that are actually out there right um, so so basically this is what the game came from and thanks to this strong, very strong message that it brings, uh, it were able to gather a really great team of people behind it, because you know, like all of all of the persons who are um, involved in this project are very. Uh, we actually, you know, like had to read through the stories from the world and cities, and you know, like it just makes it, makes your eyes open. Yeah. Cool. So, kind of kind of going back to. The, the core elements of the game itself. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in this war of mine, as you kind of touched on, you're not a soldier. You're a normal person. You're, you know, yeah. the baker, the guy that owns the jewelry shop down the street. Exactly. You're the, you're the, the, the housewife. And yep. so yep. that really kind of gives it much more of a, I guess if you want to call it a mature and visceral feel to the game. Because it... it you know, you we have so many games out there. It doesn't matter if it's a board game or you know, even since you know this is this is also a computer game where we can kind of yeah. cross into that genre where you got games like Battlefield and Call of Duty where it's like everybody is so used to playing as like this highly trained badass with a bunch of weapons that can just mow people down left and right. Yeah. That they don't think about like the collateral, they don't think about what happens when it's just, like, normal people that are living in these environments that are, like, suffering from the collateral damage of what would happen if a war just, you know, broke out in your city. You know, like, we, Nick and I live in a very big city. Atlanta is huge. And, you know, I, I not to get too political, but there is very much, like, a haves and have-nots thing going on here. And I can mm-hmm. imagine that if Atlanta was just ripped apart that it would be absolute madness and chaos everywhere, and any type of law enforcement that was left would have a very, very, very hard time controlling it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the main point is that somehow movies and games makes war something cool, I would say. Because, you know, like, when you are playing all those epic moments and, you know, like, you can see all those stories when the soldiers are so brave and so forth and so forth, it kind of makes you to a topic where you can see war as something, you know, like, exciting, interesting, and things like that, right? But uh, the truth is that for most of the folks out there, it is, like, true horror. And, you know, like, you are... Obviously, you don't want to concentrate it on it because, you know, like... It doesn't sell well <laughs> most of the time, right? right. Um, so you just 
you're just picturing, you know, like the best moments or, you know, like the kind of the most glorious moments or the most kind of romantic, I guess, in a, you know, like fighting spirit way. And you forgetting about 90% of population who is just, you know, like out there trying just to survive, right? Right, which exactly. Is, which is actually what we're trying to, to bring is the topic that, you know, like war is not something cool. It, it you know, like it is very, it, it tends to be very, very bad. And when you will actually read the stories and we wanted to put all those stories into the journal, they are really horrible, and those are the things that are actually happening out there. It's, it's, it is, you know, like um, you guys and me as well. Um, for most part, the Europe and the U.S. are countries that never experienced true war uh, in our borders, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, at least on the level that you guys are showing, where you know buildings yeah. are devastated. We haven't had anything exactly. like that here since the Civil War. Exactly. So we actually, as a generation, haven't seen it, right, um, um, firsthand, right? So this is one, what we want to bring to, is just, you know, like to show that there are some things that are really horrible and they are happening somewhere in the world, right? Yeah, definitely. I could see that because there are plenty of places out there right now. And, you yeah. know, we don't have to go into listing them. I mean, anybody can Google and find out what countries right now, even though they might not be in the news, are just being I mean, you know, like... More. I'm I'm from Poland and the country next to me it is you know like we we have a border Ukraine you know like have a com mili kind of military conflict with Russia you know like they they are fights in there right so it is country next to me so I can kind of you know like get a little bit of you know stress about it so yeah well yeah because that's got to be scary I mean you've got people sitting pretty much right next to you that are just going to town on one another, and really all that's separating yeah. you is some invisible man-made line. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, tell us a little bit more about the game itself. Like we, we've not, I think we've kind of touched upon what you guys are shooting for as far as the theme goes, because a lot of people, they always yeah. want to know, like, what's your game about? What's the theme? Tell us a little bit mm -hmm. more about, like, how it plays. What are the mechanics? Sure, sure. So basically, the, the biggest difference you will have uh, in here from the original PC game is that uh, whereas the PC game is meant to be a single-player experience, this is actually kind of like a multiplayer version where um, you get to, um, you know, like when there, all those stories are happening, when all those, you know, like things are happening, you are actually in there with your friends sitting around the table and you can, you know, like, decide together what to do. Um, because um, there are a few cool mechanics and I will go into the details in a second, but one of the most important uh, thing in the game is the actually the reality impact events, which is, um, uh, in you know, like, there's a lot of bunch of uh, decks in the game, card get decks, and in some of them there is a card that will say reality impact, and this is something unexpected that happens, and it is um, not strictly mechanical way, but it will tell you to go to a book of stories, uh, read um, some story that is marked by a number, for example, 375, and very, very often those stories uh, have a very, very hard moral choice um, you would uh, need to make. I will give you an example of that um, in one of my playthroughs. Um, uh, we, as a group, uh, were kind of starving. A lot of our folks at the shelter were hungry, 
and uh, we had two people out scavenging and we get a reality impact and we find a room and in this room there was um, a newborn baby and a lot of food and the choice is that you have very limited amount of things that you can take and you could either decide that you are taking the child with you or you're taking the food because you know like your people are starving and those are the choices you'll mostly get in the game and you know like very it is very interesting to play it as a group because you know like every one of us has kind of different moral perspective and this game is was designed in a way to like provoke discussions about it as well so this is one of the mechanics so like the the book of stories the book of stories will actually have um, a thousand unique adventures there will also come uh, a mobile app with thousand more and in the mobile app you will also have a sound and images and stuff like that uh, so um, this is like I, I'm starting for it because for, from my perspective this is the biggest innovation that it, the game brings to the you know, like board games that it is not only you know, like gameplay mechanics like get points for this for that but it, it, it is actually a story in it um, so this is a co fully cooperative game so meaning that um, you do not control a hero and the other person is controlling another hero but everyone is managing everything but the game is designed that uh, whoever holds the uh, journal, which is, let's say, an instruction, so whoever holds it, um, have the control and the final say on this moment of game. And after this moment passes, he passes the journal away, and this, the, another person have the decision. So basically what happens is that everyone feels responsible for everything, and you can discuss with everyone... Um, you know, like, uh, what should we do? But in the end, the person with a journal have the final say, right? Um, and basically, the game is divided into uh, two zones, which is uh, a day. And in a day, you are in your shelter when you're trying to, you know, like, build new stuff, um, you know, fed your people, uh, try to, you know, like, heal them, or, you know, like, utilize the resources that you get. Uh, you can build really a lot of a lot of things like for example water collector traps for rat you can try to reinforce your door so there's you know like, like a lot of ways you can make your shelter safer or you know like utilize your resources and at night you go out and scavenge try to you know like try to find some resources but it is very dangerous as well so you basically can you know like meet some other civilians or you can meet for example soldiers who will try to fight with you um, so um, the game has like a lot of elements that you will find in the kind of uh, other survival games it is very deep game but it is very easy to learn because the way it is uh, that's another very interesting thing about this board game the way it is introduced to you is not the usual board game uh, scenario when you get the instruction you need to read it and after reading it you start playing right this is what you get usually with the board games this game actually comes with a journal which is semi storyline semi instruction where you know you, you're making your setup and after making setup you start playing um, and you learn at the go and you know like there are some things that you will just you know like not know for example the game will ask you to choose whether you I don't know like more water or wood what do you take right 
and and you will not know. And it is actually made in a purpose because um, just it will put your immersion at a higher level. Uh, just imagine that the war broke out, and you know, like at the beginning, you have actually no idea what will be useful and what's not, right? Right. Yeah, I can totally you, see that. You, you just, you know, like you, you just need to make a gut call. Okay, I will take this because perhaps, right? And, but you never know what is the correct decision, and this continues throughout the whole game. You'll never have the, you know, like black and white scenario. I will do this, and this will be good. No. In this game, you can try to do good, but you will end up doing, for example, something bad. It is very grayish game where you have a lot of tough decisions, and that is why it is full cooperative game, meaning that you have a full group with you. You're trying to make the best out of it. You're debating what to do, and for it to make work, the decisions need to be really hard so that everyone will you know, like, be engaged in the game. Wow. So, just just from what you were telling me, so like, let's go back to the journal just a little bit. So, yeah, sure. it's not so much that you, you know, like I, I was thinking of like comparisons for anybody listening, but like the closest mm-hmm. thing I can think of is like, I guess like a Warhammer Quest, where it's kind of like you, you you have like these preconceived like. These are like the general things that will happen in the story, and you kind of feed it into like a randomizer. There's, you know, to where it's like there's going to be a linear end to this. Like you know, it's like if we no. do X, it's over. Where this game, it seems like, yeah. from the moment that you start, you have no idea what it's going to take for you to win. Exactly. I mean, um, there is actually uh, one win condition: it is survive. You need to last to the end of war. This is your only goal, and there is no points, no nothing. It just you need to try to survive, and you don't know what it takes to survive. This is this is where you you don't know what is coming. You you know like you you will be surprised very often uh, with the how the games will play. And I don't want to spoil some events, but we wanted to build it as a kind of a real simulation where. The games will the game will hit you hard and it will be unfair very often. Uh, whereas, you know, like in in as we imagine, obviously, in wartime it will be just the same. Where you you cannot predict tomorrow, right? Maybe a bomb will go on a shelter tomorrow, right? Who knows? Maybe a right. sniper will hit us. You, you can never be sure of what is going to happen. Yeah, and that that's like one of the scariest things about being anybody caught up in a war is the fact that you're in the middle of it, you have no idea. Like, sleeping through the night is not going to be an easy thing. Exactly, exactly. Okay, cool. So I know that we're going to have a lot of people that are going to be asking, well, you know, so, so far what you've described is kind of like a, you know, a resource management game. Um, I noticed on the Kickstarter that there are, like, thugs and raiders and things of that nature. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously there's going to be some elements of combat. How yes, does the game is. go about working those out? Um, um, the core game actually is... Um, this is not a game where a combat is very crucial part. You usually try to escape the combat. This is, you know, like, this is the game about how to not fight, not how to, you know, like, it, it is not kind of a zombie slayer or whatever. Um, 
And um, when the combat happens, obviously, we have a gameplay mechanics that mm, every kind of weapon has its own different custom dice. So if you have only bare hands, so no weapon at all, you actually have only, you know, those are D6 dice. And you have about, you know, like, um, only two sides have uh, wounds. So you have, you know, like, two on six dices. Like, about uh, 40%, if I'm not correct, chances that you will do any damage at all. Um, if you have a knife, you have a better chance. If you have a pistol, you almost, almost every time you will hit someone. So, um, just imagine a scenario that you meet a guy with a gun, and you don't have no, you have no weapon. Uh, you will just die. There's, you know, like there's no karate chops or whatever movements that you could pull off. Most often than not, you will just die, and that's it. Then your hero, your hero is dead. Um, so uh, there is also a expansion we have added to the Kickstarter. Uh, so. We, Right now it is free for all the Kickstarter bakers, and after the game in retail, it will be you know, like as expansion, uh, where the combat will be made in a way that you will be a, able to actually move around on a special mod, where some places will give you bonuses to your you know like uh, defense, and some places you know like will have a special uh, your enemies will have a special actions and so forth, but. What is interesting in the combat is that it includes the book of scripts. After every turn, you will be able to try to stop the fight and talk your way out. Um, and the book will know, uh, for example, how wounded your enemies are. So if, for example, your enemies are wounded, they are more prone to uh, you know, like leave you alone or let you escape because they are also wounded so they, they don't want to get killed. Right, they also um, want to survive and get out of there. Exactly. You can you can try to give them all the things you have to, you know, like, just tell them, take everything from us. And But but the funny thing is that even if you, you know, like, give them everything you have, you will never have the, the guarantee that they will leave you alone. So it is, you know, like, it, it, we, we wanted to make it as... You know, like as similar to the simulation of real life, where when you're fighting, you know, like fighting is not your only option. You always can, you know, like try to talk your way out of it. You can try to, you know, like give some goods to them. You can try to bribe them or, you know, like run away. There's also option to leave one person behind and the rest is running away. So there's, you know, like a lot of a lot of options for you to do. And they are always coming with a, like a little bit of story snippet that will you know, like get your immersion immersion into it. Okay, cool. That's uh. So, what I'm what I'm gathering then is like is again since combat is not meant to be the center of this. Again, you're not making Call of Duty the board game. What no. it really comes down to is that like combat's going to have a very real and lasting effect, and you could either choose to outright murder the people that you run into, you let them yeah. go, but at the same time, if you decide that you're going to get into these fights, there's a very good chance that your character is going to die, and you will lose the game. Exactly. And, yeah. So that, I guess that touches on the next subject. When it comes time to like losing the game, again, it's a cooperative game, so yeah. How, how, what are the different ways that we go about losing the game? Because mm -hmm. character death is going to be a very real thing. 
Alex, yeah. Um, let, let me start that character can die or escape or even commit suicide for very various reasons. Uh, it is not only wounds, but you always also need to feed them. Uh, every reason that I will list right now uh, is a possible death cause. So you have wounds, you have uh, hunger, you have illness, you have fatigue, and you have misery. And misery is, I think, the most interesting out of those five because um, the misery is um, how character is feeling depressed, basically. Meaning that just imagine a situation when you're like you're a usual civilian and you will kill someone. Even if this is, you know, like a soldier that was trying to kill you, you will kill someone in self-defense. In that situation, you will be probably very kind of depressed in a way because you kill the person. You know, like you're not some cold killer. You, you just kill the person even if it was trying to kill you. So misery is kind of a system that will reflect that. So every time that you will do something morally wrong, meaning, for example, steal from steal food from some old couple or kill a person or do something that, you know, like normally in society is kind of seen as bad, um, you will get those misery tokens. And you can obviously also make yourself battle by, better by, for example, you know, like, uh, playing a guitar and singing a song or smoking cigarettes, stuff like that. But this is a mechanism that will show you, you know, like, what is the character psyche at the moment. And, you know, like, as I said, you can lose your heroes from all of those, uh, all those statistics. Uh, and, but, you know, like, you are a group, so you start up with four uh, characters at random, and there's also a chance that someone new will join you. So, yeah. It, it, if you lose, for example, two characters, it doesn't mean that you lost the game. Uh, there's also some new people that can come in. Okay, so let's expand upon that a little bit. Let's say we've got four yep. people playing the game, yep. um, and two people die. Okay, their yep. characters get killed, like, random events... Things like yeah. that happen. Um, sure. you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be combat. How how are those two people still involved in the game, even though they don't have characters to play? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is what I meant in the beginning, um, is that there is no player-to-character connection. Okay. So it, it is not like every individual player have individual character. Um, all the resources and all the characters are, like, let's say, joined good. So everyone is managing them, but uh, the players take turns where uh, the player at this time have like the final decision on the matter at hand. So let's say that there is uh, one story snippet that is coming out and there's a decision to be made. And then a person with a journal is making the final decision. Everyone is debating what to do, but you're making the final call. Then after making that call, we're passing out the journal and uh, another person will, for example, decide uh, what are you taking, what resources are you taking from the scavenger, uh, which is um, a cool mechanics because, first of all, it is fully cooperation. There is no, no like, I want my character to be better or whatever. It's, like, fully, and, um, fully cooperation. It keeps people engaged all the time. So there's no downtime, for example, like in Dead of Winter, where... You know, like, if other person is playing his, his character, you cannot do anything. You just need to watch and observe what he's doing. 
uh, in this game, everyone is engaged at, at all time, and also, uh, also solves the problem as you as you said that uh, few characters can die, but the game can go on. Okay, cool. So that that kind of helps answer that question because I know you touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but I wasn't. Yeah. That was one part sure. I was a little fuzzy on was whether or not like mm-hmm. each person. I mean, it, it is unusual for our games, very unusual. But you know, like I've been playing. I think like 100 promo games, you know, like showing the people the game, and it really works because um, it normally wouldn't, I would say, but uh, because the choices in the game are so hard and the game itself is so very tough and it is so hard to actually survive that, you know, like everyone tries to, you know, like be engaged and try to make a come up with the best answers. So basically, probably if the game wasn't that hard and the decisions wasn't that hard, it wouldn't work, but I really think it works right now. Yeah, it's really cool. So I know that you only have a little bit more time. We've really touched yeah. upon like the, the core stuff yeah. of what's going on with the game. Tell us a little bit about the Kickstarter and what you guys kind of have in store, You know, because you still got, what is it, five days left? So people yeah, will still have days. time to back this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the biggest reason that people will ask is, you know, like, why should I do the Kickstarter and not wait for the you know, retail version in a few months? And this is a fair question. Um, so basically, um, one of the things we we, we did in, the, in this campaign is we put a lot of emphasis on people um, involvement in the game. For example, we, uh, yesterday we asked people to choose a 13th character and there was like I, I think like 300 amazing stories, really amazing ideas on you know like characters and you know like we will pick together with a community this character and it will become a 13th character in the game so this Kickstarter is actually giving you amazing opportunity to you know like involve people in the game and through the input, create a way better game. And obviously, they, they there comes um, a thing with uh, all the expansion that you are getting for free. So I think that right now we have like expansion that will basically double the value of the game. So basically, you are putting uh, 50, 50 pounds, which is I think seventy-five dollars or something or something like that, and you're getting the value of of double that. So uh, this is obviously the incentive for you taking the risk that uh, you know, helping us bring uh, actually this title to life. And um, we also have you know like little plans what to do in the future, but I can spoil that right now. So sorry. <laughs> oh no, totally understand. So you know you you've already dropped quite a bit. So you know, and I'm just kind of paging through the Kickstarter now as you were talking, kind of mm-hmm. seeing everything you've got going on, and you guys are really. Mm-hmm going out of your way to really make sure that people get quite a bit of stuff yeah. in this game. You know, like, uh, we actually you know, doubled the amount of miniatures from the start. We started with 8, and right now there's like 22, I guess. So. Yeah, it's insane. And plus, you guys have plenty of add-ons to yeah. where if people want you know, more thugs, more soldiers, you know, more heroes, they can do that. Um, yeah. I do like the... You uh, can actually make your yourself a hero in the game. Oh really? 
yeah, you can. We, we will. Free, you will send us a photo, a picture, and we'll make you a 3D sculpt and print it out for you and you'll get your own character card. Oh, because yeah. this actually, you know, like really fits the theme of the game where everyone can you know, like live with the stories. Yeah, it kind of falls in that. What would you do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really like that. So, there, yeah, I see that you guys have plenty of expansions. Um, I really like the miniature, um, the, the the resin mini diorama, where oh, it's basically yeah. uh, somebody who's uh, spray painting on the wall, fuck the war, or he's, you know, he's carving into the wall. Yeah, it's carving, yeah. Yeah, I really like that, and it, it's it's a really, really well done piece. So, you know, even even if, you know, taking the, the game out of it and just looking at the, the quality of the work that's been done in this, it's actually very, very top-notch. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at it, and uh, the, the miniatures look realistic, which I know a lot of times, because you guys are sculpting in, what, about 28 to 32 millimeter? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes that's really, really hard to do, um, you know. It is. We see it less and less nowadays with a lot of computer programming, but it used to be like big head, big hands, and everything mm-hmm. looks very much to scale. Um, the soldiers themselves, they you know they have the, uh, you know their wep- their weapons are shouldered. It looks like they're walking forward, like they're they're clearing out an area. So like you, mm-hmm. you're very much like gathering more of that realistic feel to it. It doesn't look like somebody's about to John Woo around the corner with some guns while they're wearing rags because that's what you see in every post-day pocket. Exactly. Well, and it is it is not a heroic cell at all. It is just, you know, like normal people are weirds. Yeah. So, right now with uh, everything that's going on, if people were to back it for the base game, what all are they going to get as far as stretch goals? Right. So, they are going to get a tactical expansion, uh, which will Make the combat more, more tactical, basically, <laughs> which is kind of obvious. But but it it, it will uh, first of all bring uh, cards with written special actions of the soldiers that of of the enemies that they will do. So it will not be only dice rolling as it is in the core game, but it will be more about you know like trying to get, get a good spot, trying to manage um, more complex combat, definitely. So this will be this one. Um, another expansion that we we've offered is uh, sewers expansion, where um, when you're going out scavenging, you can actually choose to go out and um, to the sewers, uh, where you you will build the map, so you'll never know what is around the corner, and again trying to trying to find the, the resources and also try to find the um, Obviously, it is also a dangerous place, so you can get into fights, so that's why there are also uh, additional miniatures for that. Um, there is also um, an expansion for the uh, for the Orphans of War, uh, which is an expansion that will add kids to this topic, because this is also a thing that is often forgotten, um, and they will change the game quite a bit, um, because they... From the gameplay, like let's say mechanics, the kids will be, you know, like uh, another person to feed, but they will not be able to bring a lot uh, in terms of resources or help. So it will make the game harder uh, wow. because you you need to protect them and feed them and everything. It's it, it just showed this aspect as well, 
Um, and right now we will be unlocking um, a fourth expansion that will be added for free to the core box, which is um, uh, which is which is farmers, uh, because it's like an interesting story. Um, a lot of in some conflicts that we were reading about um, when the war broke out, the you know like the farmers, uh, people living in the villages had quite no other choice than try to escape to the city because if they would stay in the village and the army would go this way, there's almost 100% chance that all the people will be wiped out, just purged, killed, and that's it. So they got an impossible choice. You either stay and risk being dead or try to escape to the city under siege and have some chance for survival. So a lot of those people get into the cities, actually, and um, when they got into the cities, um, they were very different culture from the people that used to live in that city. So they brought a lot of diversity in terms of how they would actually behave in the similar situations. So that's why this um, this expansion will bring this kind of few additional cards that will bring this kind of kind of different mindset of people in there as well. Uh, we have also uh, some other additional things that you will normally not get in the core game, um, which are, for example, uh, kind of semi-legacy um, envelopes, which is uh, that um, once you will open it, you will get a surprise something. We cannot spoil what it is, but we have prepared very cool things out there. So there are uh, those envelopes, there's a miniature of a dog, and there's also uh, some RPG cards uh, when we develop the story mode. So there's like a lot of a lot of stuff additional to the core box, which makes, as I said before, the value of, it, you're basically getting twice as much as you're paying because of the Kickstarter edition. So. That's crazy. That's so, so much stuff. Like, I just keep scrolling, and I keep seeing more stuff. <laughs> it is even, a lot of stuff. Yeah, like, you even have, like, you know, add, you know, add, uh, I take it you have this in uh, Great British Pounds, so add 10 pounds in your pledge, basic furniture set in resin, so you can add 3D um, elements. Furniture set. Yeah, yeah, that's just, it's insane. So you guys are definitely, wor- like, making the game very, very immersive. You know, not yeah, even just for board gamers, but for miniatures lovers too, which I really appreciate. I'm kind of a bit of a good blend on both. It, I mean, um, it is kind of because you know, like we're in the market for quite some time in the miniatures talking, and as surprising as it is, we actually when we made the miniatures, we thought that no one will be interested in it because those are just you know like normal people, furnitures, and you know, like would be interested in that. But as surprising as it was, there was like a lot of painters contacting us and saying us, for example, like finally someone make a miniature of a child. You cannot find a miniature of a child anywhere, and they were so happy that someone finally made a you know, like miniature of a child in the 32 millimeter scale, because you know like everyone is focused on you know like dragons, soldiers, you know like fighters, and no one is doing this actually civilians. So they were really happy to, and they were, you know, like seeing us that is good job because of the idea of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Well, I know that you do have to get going. Uh, Nick, is yeah. there anything else that you wanted sure. to throw in there? Any comments you wanted to make? 
The game looks amazing. Um, I actually, I backed it, as everyone knows. I have Shiny Addiction or some problem like that. I backed it pretty much as soon as he said it went live. If I'm, honestly, if uh, I wasn't if I wasn't in the process of buying a home right now, I'd have a very, very, very mad wife, and be, she'd be asking why I just dropped 500 <laughs> bucks on this thing. <laughs> well, so I, I was able to control my shiny addiction at least that much. I, I think I'm a little bit above the uh, the starter kit. I forget what what level I'm at. I probably collector's edition with an art book. Yes, I, I think I think I decided to go collector's edition because yeah. I have to at least go that far. I own. I actually own the game on Steam, and I haven't been able to bring myself to play it yet. I am looking forward to the minis. The minis look amazing, and not only for this game, but a couple other games that I know I can definitely use them for, and and they're gorgeous. And I I've, I look forward every day. I'm like, hey, is are they going to send out an update? Let, let's see what what's new today. And then some days there's really sad days because the update is you've got to make a choice. Are you going to help or are you going to do this? And I, I, I love it for, for the Kickstarter because it it is what the next stretch goal is going to be. You you pick one way or the other and whatever gets the most votes is, is what you get as a stretch goal and the other one is an add-on you can buy. I love that mechanic. That that alone is just one of the most unique things, and it does make it kind of kind of neat to see. Right, and it puts it in the spirit of the game. It does. Exactly. We want it to does. put like, a little bit of meta in it. Because, because one of the first ones was, are you going to help these orphans, or are you going to take everything they have? Knowing Nick, he would take every single thing they have. I I actually voted to help the orphans, Dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but the, the the interesting thing was that you know, like actually, if you would take everything from the orphans, you would get like more cards, so you would get more components to the game. Right. So it was a choice. Like, are you going to do a more a morally right thing on the internet, which will and, you know, like reward you less? Or are you going to do that morally wrong thing in the internet and get more stuff for your game, right? And I have and, to say, I, I was scared yeah. to open that update to find out what, what the rest of the internet is. Yeah, exactly. Saying. I was also sc- I was very pessimistic about that one. I thought that no one <laughs> would take it seriously. But actually, a lot, like a majority did the right thing, so that was really cool to see. Yeah, it, it definitely was. When, uh, when I saw the update, I'm like, what? The orphans lived? <laughs> yeah, I was also expecting them to, you know, like, but I was very positively surprised. You see, you know, maybe there is a little hope in the world, in the, <laughs> in the world of internet. Yeah, maybe there is. And I would and say another for... another thing that I was very very surprised was we put a choice if you want uh, your pet a dog or a cat, and the dog win, which was kind of you know like I I was starting to think like internet is there something wrong with you you know like, <laughs> you're letting the dog win seriously. Like, well, I mean, you know, come on, it's. It is the post-apocalypse. You don't really need to deal with another dick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, my fault. I don't like cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a dog and a cat, and I would do my best to save both, but I think the first one that would just run off would be my cat. He'd be like, fuck you guys. I know how to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> I can go find you guys. Can you? <laughs> yeah. 
Alright guys, I need to uh, wrap it up and, and uh, so I will just you know, like, uh, go out right now. Uh, it was a pleasure to speak with you and thank you very much for having me today. Marcin, it's always a pleasure having you on, man. We definitely have to do this again. Yeah, sure. Okay, have a nice one. Cheers. Alright, have a good Cheers. night. Thanks for listening to another episode of Skirmish Supremacy. To see more of the antics that Nick and I do, you can check us out on Facebook at Skirmish Supremacy. We also have Twitter, which we can be reached at Skirmish Supreme, because apparently Skirmish Supremacy does not fit in Twitter. And if you want to email us directly, you can reach us at Tim at SkirmishSupremacy.com or Nick at SkirmishSupremacy.com. Thanks for listening.